We put our faith in so many things every single day. We put our trust in so many things every single day. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. We put our faith and trust in so many things, but here's the reality when it comes to God. Some of you in this room, you trust and believe in facts about God. But you have never put your faith in Him. See, I can talk to you about grace and faith, and you can say to me, well, I can tell you what I think grace means, and I can tell you what I think faith means. Yes, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Yeah, I believe there's a God out there. I mean, God is, yeah, obviously out there. I mean, when I look around at creation, I mean, it's pretty obvious that this didn't happen by accident. I mean, I believe that there's something out there. But you believe facts about God. You don't have faith in him. And this is how I know, because you live what you believe. There was a professor at a college, and he gave his, his students a, uh, a, a, a paper uh, to, to work on and then to come into class and present it. And, and it had to be creative. They had to prove a point. They had, it had to be creative, and, um, and, and it had to be memorable. And so Ken Davis, the guy writing the paper who wrote in this book, this story, he, was, he, he talks about he did his paper on the law of the pendulum. Now, you guys know what a pendulum is, right? If you take a string and you, you put something, that's right, and you drop it and it swings back and forth. And, and so he begins his presentation, Ken Davis does, and he says, and he says now listen, the law of the pendulum says that if you, if you take a, an object and you attach it to a rope at a fixed point and you lift it up in the air, when you drop it, it will swing back and forth, but it will never go back up to the same height that it started at, Right? Because of gravity and all. And eventually, over time, it will come to a stop in the middle. After he finished his presentation, he says, Hey class, how many of you guys believe that that is true? And all the class raised their hand. The professor raised their hand. Hey, good job, good job. So then he goes to the board to illustrate. And he has a chalkboard. And he takes, he takes a small child's toy and he puts it on a, on, a, on, a, uh, on a string. And he attaches it to the top of the chalkboard. And then he lifts it up and he lets it go. And every time it swings and it would come back, he would put a mark. And the next time it would swing back, it would be lower. And the next time it swing back, it would be lower. And he says, this is proof that the law of the pendulum works. How many of you guys believe in the law of the pendulum? And again, everybody in the classroom raised their hand. The professor raised their hand. He says, all right. So then he asks the professor to come to the front of the room, and he climbs up, and he sets him on a chair in the front of the classroom. Then he goes, and he pulls out a 250-pound weight, metal weight, and he has some of the students help him attach it to four strands of 500-pound uh, uh, paracord in the, in the middle of the classroom on a steel beam. Then he takes this metal weight and he brings it all the way across the room, all the way up to the professor's nose. And he says, do you still believe in the law of the pendulum? And the professor, with sweat on his face, says, yes, I do. And he says, okay, and he lets the weight go, and this 250-pound weight goes swinging across the room. It gets to the, the end point, it stops, and it begins to pick up speed and momentum to come back. And as it gets about halfway across the room, the professor dives off the chair and off the table, running for his life. And he says, class, did the professor believe in the law of the pendulum? And everyone said, no. Is that not how we live our Christian lives? 
Said, man, I got faith in Jesus. Yeah, man, I got faith in you, Jesus. Man, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, I'm running to your arms. I'm running. Oh, Jesus, it's all about you, man. I got faith in you, man. That's what we say in the moment that trial comes in our life, the moment that uncertainty comes in our life, the moment that things come in our life that, that throw us off track, we go diving off of the table and we say, God, I don't know. I don't know if you're real. I don't know if I can handle this. And we're on our faces and we're crying out because of fear and here's the deal the professor believed in facts but when he was put to the fire he did not believe in the truth of the pendulum listen there are many people who believe in facts about God and Jesus but if they don't put their faith in him the Bible tells us they are not saved Period. Period. You say, what is faith? What is faith? Faith, faith is, Hebrews 11, 1 tells us, faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things unseen. Faith is being assured of something. I mean, hope back in this in Bible times, the word hope doesn't mean like, man, I hope this is going to happen. The word hope means confident expectation of the future. When I say, man, I hope Jesus is going to return, it's not like, man, I really hope he's going to return. It's that I know he is. This is what hope means. And he's saying, it is faith starts certain. Faith starts certain. It is, God, I have faith in you. I believe in you. Faith means trust and belief. Trust and belief. Putting your full belief, your full trust, your full surrender in God. And the Bible says here that is, this, that is evidence of things unseen. When things happen and we don't understand what's going on, we say, God, I don't know why this is going on. God, I don't understand why I'm going through this trial. God, I don't understand why I'm going through this situation. God, I don't understand why my parents' marriage isn't coming back together. God, I don't understand why I'm dealing with this sin over and over and over and over again. God, I don't understand why this is going on, but I have faith in you. You, I trust you more than anything because you are God, you are Jesus, you know better than me, and your word says, for all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And God, I love you and I trust you and whatever you do, God, I'm all in, period. And that's faith. When trial comes in my life, man, I got bronchitis this week. Been at the doctor. I've been praying all week, God, let me make it to Thursday night. I missed last week. I want to be able to preach on Thursday night. Man, the only thing that's even keeping my voice going right now is the fact that I've been praying. And listen, whether we get through the night, whether I make it through this message tonight or not, I have faith in Jesus that he's going to make this message for you guys to understand. That he's going to strengthen my lungs and help me because I've been praying. Now listen, this is so important. In John 20, 29, he says this, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. See, we have faith in Jesus. We trust, we believe, but we can't see him. And I talk to people all the time, they're like, hey man, and for some of you, maybe this is true, your stumbling block to putting your trust in God is that you're like, I can't see him. How many of you guys have ever thought about that before? How do we know if God's really real? I mean, we can't really see him, right? I mean, I've thought about that. 
I, I mean, it's like, man, I can't see him, God. I mean, I can't see him. For some of you guys, that is a stumbling block to you. But here's the reality. There's so many things that we can't see in our lives that we have faith in. Man, I can't, I can't see gravity. But I'm, but I'm not worried that, like, every step I'm going to take that I'm, like, going like, to fly off in the air somewhere. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I can't see gravity, but I can feel its effects. I know it exists. Man, I, I can't, you can't see wind. I mean, you can feel it. You, you can, you, when, when a tornado comes and rips through a neighborhood, you can see the effects of wind. You, you can't see God. Man, if you have a relationship with him, and those in here that do, you know what I'm talking about? Man, you can feel him. You know he exists. You experience him. Man, there's times we're in here and we're worshiping God, and I'm like, God, you were so good. Oh, man, like, like you, you just, it's just so full of his presence. Any of you guys ever felt that before? You know what I'm talking about? You can feel them. I want to challenge you. And Jesus challenges the disciples over and over again. You guys know because you've seen. But blessed are those who haven't seen and still believe. You guys have seen me do miracles firsthand. But blessed are those who haven't seen. And throughout the Bible, the scriptures teach us that, hey, listen, for those of you that want to be skeptics about it and say, you know what, if I don't see God, God, if you, if you don't appear in this room right now, I'm not going to believe. The Bible tells us that you wouldn't believe even if he appeared in the room. There's an awesome story about Lazarus in Luke chapter 16. Lazarus and a rich man. Lazarus was this poor guy and no one ever took care of him. He, was, he lived a miserable life on earth. The Bible tells us he goes to heaven. Lazarus, uh, uh, the rich man, goes, goes to, to Hades or to hell. And there's this, the Bible says there's this great gulf fixed between them. And this guy can see up into heaven and he sees Lazarus. And, the, and it's kind of this, this story of this conversation they have. And, and Lazarus is talking to this guy. And this guy says, hey man, can you, can you take your finger and dip it in some water and put it on my tongue because I'm so miserable down here. Lazarus is like, I can't do that. There's a great gulf fixed between us. And he says, hey, can you go back? Can you go back and, and, and appear and, and tell my friends and tell everyone, my brothers and all the people that I love, that, that to not come here, to, to believe? And he says, I can't do that. See, the reality is, and he goes on to say, the Bible has already spoken the Bible's already spoken. And if they won't believe the word of God, the Bible says this, if they don't believe the word of God, they will not believe if someone raised from the dead right in front of them. Period. Faith is believing, yet not seeing. How many of you guys like animals? Animal lovers in here? <clears throat> I love the Discovery Channel. I love lions that like attack stuff just because I like that stuff. And uh, some of you are like, oh, that's sad, you know, but I'm like, yeah, get him, you know what I mean? Like, like bite his throat, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and, and when like the animal starts to escape, I'm like, catch him again, you know, like that's how I'm, and uh, you know, I like death knobs, but I kind of, and so, anyways, and uh, I'm morbid, anyways. And so, um, and, um, but, but here's, and, and I used to watch Discovery Channel, I used to get all these like videotapes and, and, and watch them uh, for like Christmas and stuff. I know I'm weird, but it's all good. We all are our own different ways and uh but here the african impala i mean the african impala is an amazing animal 
And listen to this. An African impala can, has a vertical. He can jump 10 feet high. That's his vertical. Like bottom of his feet, up in the air, 10 feet high. In one leap, he can jump 10 feet high and 30 feet long. That's serious. You want that guy on your basketball team. You know what I'm saying? Listen. At the zoo, the enclosures for African impalas are three feet high. Three feet high. You say, why do they do that? An African impala can easily jump over a three feet high enclosure. But here's the deal. An African impala will not jump where he cannot see where his feet will hit the ground. It is the fear of the unknown. It is the fear of what is on the other side of that wall that prevents the Africa Impala from jumping over that wall, even though he could do it easily. There's some of you in here. You have three feet walls all around you. Barriers to you putting your faith in Jesus. And the reason you're not stepping over that the reason you're not jumping over that, though you could easily do it, is because you have fear. And fear has you captive. The opposite of faith is fear. Fear doesn't come from God. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 1.7, for God did not give us a spirit of fear. That doesn't come from God. One author, John Emmons, says this, faith is the ability to trust what we cannot see. And with faith, we are freed from the flimsy enclosures of life that only fear allows to entrap us. So why is faith important? This is why faith is important. The Bible mentions faith 300 times. 300 times. Faith is important because faith is the means of salvation. As we mentioned in Ephesians 2.8, for it is by grace through faith that we are saved. It is the means of salvation. Listen, there is no salvation. There is no relationship with Jesus without believing and trusting fully in him. Not in facts, but in faith. It is the means to salvation. Martin Luther uh, comes out with a famous phrase back in the 1500s, uh, sola fide, or faith alone. It is by faith alone that you are saved. He says this, God our Father has made all things depend on faith so that whatever has faith will have everything and whoever does not have faith, listen, will have nothing. Faith is the means to salvation. Faith is mentioned <coughs> the first time in the Bible in Genesis chapter 15 when Abraham is talking and it says, and Abraham believed, he put his faith in God and it was accredited to him as righteousness. Righteousness means right standing with God. The Bible says what got Abraham in right standing with God was the fact that Abraham had faith in God. You say, what kind of faith does Abraham ha had in God? Let me, just, let me just give you a little montage God comes to Abraham, he says, I want you to leave your land, I want you to leave your family, I want you to leave your people, I want you to leave everything, and I want you to go to this land that you've never seen before. Abraham said, I don't understand that. And I got relationships with these people, I love these people, like I'm, I, got, I, got, I got flocks, I got herds, I got all this stuff, like I don't, I don't want to leave. The Bible says that he left. Didn't even think twice about it. Man, he, he believed, he trusted that what God was telling him was the right thing. 
He goes on and the, you know, he, he wanted a child and he's an old man. And, and in fact, he was 99 years old when, or 100 years old when he had his first son. His son from his wife, Sarah. Nine, 100 years old? I mean, have you ever thought about that? Like, a 100-year-old man? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, this is this dude. You know, like 100-year-old people don't have babies. No, they don't, not unless God provides it. But God told him that he was going to have a child, and he believed and trusted in God. And when he was 100 years old, even though that is impossible, it happened. And then God told him, he says, I know how much you love this child. I mean, you waited 100 years for him. He says, I want you to take him, and I want you to walk him up on that mountain, and I want you to sacrifice him on that mountain. The Bible doesn't say that Abraham argued with God. The Bible doesn't say that Abraham cussed at God. The Bible doesn't say he cried out to God. The Bible says that he immediately woke up the next morning and took his son, and they went to the mountain. He gets to the mountain, he lays his son on the altar, he takes the knife up in the air, and God, and God says, stop! Don't lay your hand on the child. I was testing you to see if you had faith. Abraham had faith, man. It was believed in him as righteous. Listen, it wasn't about what he did. It wasn't about earning God's favor. It wasn't about, hey, I'm going to do good works to get to God. It was by faith that he was saved. We must understand that in order to love Jesus, we must have faith. How? I mean, think about it. How can you love something that you don't believe in? How can you love something that you don't believe in? I got three observations I want <coughs> to, excuse me, I want to lay out to you guys tonight. And these three observations come from what I see in students, in, in this world, in just uh, my conversations with people, and... Yes. How you like this harness? I'm going to try her out here. Ugh. Now, hey, hey. That better be my wife whistling at me. Ugh. Hey, hey. I don't care. Do you see? I'm not climbing anywhere. Are we good? Whatever, man, this thing's uncomfortable. Whoever had this before me was much smaller. <coughs> Dude, I'm bringing, I'm bringing in a new style here, all right? So, the backwards harness, that's right. Y'all remember crisscross the band back in the, No, that's right, y'all are too young for that. Anyways, the observations, observations. Number one, faith is like a climbing rope. Faith is like a climbing rope. I used to do a lot of climbing back in college and uh, loved to climb. Any climbers in here? Rock climbers? In? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. And I love to climb. And, um, and I remember the first time I ever climbed up on a rock wall. And I don't know any of you guys have ever climbed before. If you've, you remember that first time that you climbed up on a rock wall. I remember I got up there and, dude, I was terrified. What question does every first-time climber have when they get up on the rock wall and they're about to go? Am I going to fall? Is this rope going to hold me, right? And every time we're like, dude, this rope can hold thousands of pounds. You're going to be good. And so the reality is, let me just, let me just, let me just show you guys. You know what I'm saying? Just, just put a little, little figure, eight on a, figure eight on a bite with a double overhand backup knot. Just in case you guys are wondering if I was the real deal. I'm the real deal. And um, 
legit right there. Uh, that ain't going anywhere. And this is what our faith is like, right? I mean, we step off that wall, we trust we believe in this road. I mean, we're, 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 you know, we're trusting, and, and this is our, you know, this is like faith, man, and, and this is strong, and this is going to hold us up. And if our life is like a mountain, our faith is what holds us up. It's believing that, that man, if I, if I slip, if I slip, if I fall, man, God, man he's going to hold me in his hands. God's got me. Jesus has me. But here's the deal. The second observation is this, is that, f- that faith must be anchored in Jesus. See, listen. Your faith, this rope doesn't matter at all if it is not anchored in something that will hold your weight. Does that make sense? Like if this stage right here was a mountain and I took this rope and I anchored myself into this, this stand right here, and I said, all right, guys, I'm ready to climb off this cliff. Like, right? Like, it's, I'm not going to go very, well, I am going to go far. I'm going to go straight down and bust my face on the ground and die, right? And uh, because, because this is not going to support me, this is not going to hold me. And, dude, we do this all the time. We put our faith in things we put our faith in things that don't last. We put our faith in things that don't hold up. You want me to tell you what we put our faith in? We take our faith and we go and we say, you know what? I'm going to put my faith in myself. I'm going to put my faith in myself. I mean, I mean, I can do this. I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to quit doing drugs. I'm going to quit sleeping with my girl. I'm going to quit. I'm going to do it. I'm going to have the power. I'm going to have the strength. Let me tell you something. If you want to know why you keep struggling with the same things over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, it's because you have put your faith in yourself that you're going to get it right. Do you know how many conversations I have every single week, every single month with students over and over again that are like, yeah, man, (coughs) I'll surrender my life to Jesus. Jesus, but the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get my life right. I'm going to get some things together. I'm going to work on this myself. Let me tell you something. Hear me right now. If you don't hear anything from our message tonight, listen to this message right now. You will never get victory over sin, issues, temptations in your life, period, without Jesus. If you don't have the Holy Spirit of God living in you, you will never get victory over sin in your life. I'll put you to the test. Don't give your life to Jesus. In three years, come back to me. I promise you, promise you, you will be dealing with and struggling with the exact same things that you're struggling with now. Without the power of God living inside of you, there is no victory of sin. You know what else we do? We go and we put our, we, we go and we put our faith in our friends. And then when our friends do things that go against God, because our faith isn't in God, our faith is in our friends, <coughs> we trust them more than we trust God. And we say, what they're doing is fun and better than God's way of doing things. And so we put our faith in our friends, and we anchor ourselves in something that is insignificant. And you know what happens? Our friends let us down. Our best friend hooks up with our girlfriend. Our friends do things that hurt us and harm us and disarm us. And then we're like, man, this is crazy. And we're upset and we're sad about it. And we're like, man, I can't believe this. I can't believe my friend would do this. And listen, this is what happens. When you put your faith and trust in things, when you anchor them in things, 
that aren't strong enough to hold you up. Listen, you will fall and it will lead to disaster and your world will fall apart. Period. You know how I know? Because some of you anchor yourselves into a boy or a girl. (coughs) And that's your life. You love them. You put your faith and your trust in them. And then she does something to hurt you. He cheats on you. Things happen in your relationship that shouldn't happen. And your world falls apart. Your world falls apart because you have attached yourself, you put your faith in something that will not hold you up, that will not sustain you. Some of you have put your faith in your parents and you look at their marriage as, as, as the, the, the uh, you know, just a perfect marriage and a great marriage and then all of a sudden their marriage falls apart and they get a divorce and you scratch yourself, your, your head going, man, I thought that they believed in Jesus. I thought they had a relationship with God. I, I thought this is how things were going to be. I mean, they were my example. I respected them. I loved them. And what happened was you put your faith in your parents' ideology, but you never put your faith in Jesus because I'm here to tell you that if you anchor your faith in Jesus. He will never let you down. He will always hold you up. He will never fail you. He will always be faithful, period, for the rest of your life, no matter what, period. Can I get an amen in the house? We preaching right now. I'm just telling you. We preaching. (coughs) James chapter 1. Can we get that up on the board? James chapter 1. Do you got that back there? Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the, listen, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. How do you get mature? How do you not lack anything? You persevere in your faith. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, listen, you must believe faith and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord for such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. Listen, that is saying, yeah, God, I believe in you. God, I trust in you. God, I have faith in you. And yet, you've got your, yourself attached to all these things and the moment that the wind starts blowing you around, you start doubting, you're like, well, God, this relationship fell apart and I don't get it. How can you exist if this relationship fell apart? God, how can you exist if, if, my, if my, my parents' relationship fell apart? God, how can you exist if all these things that I put my faith in and my friendships have let me down and all this kind of stuff, God, I just don't get this. Why would you do this to me, God? And God's going, listen, stop putting your faith in a bunch of trivial stuff that doesn't matter, that'll never hold you up. Put your faith in me because this is what happens. When you put your faith in me, when you put your faith in me, when those things come along, this is your attitude. I don't care because I still have Jesus. See, Derek, what is the worst thing in the world that could ever happen to you? A family member die? Lose my wife? Can't even imagine that. If I thought about it hard enough and long enough, it would lead me to tears and weeping. 
because I love my family, I love my wife. But let me tell you something, I don't anchor in my wife. And if that were to happen, I'm just telling you, as hard as that would be, I would say, God, I don't know why that happened, but Lord, I trust you. My faith is in you. You say that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I'm not doubting your plan for my life because, God, I know that those times in the past where I've doubted you, now looking back, I'm like, God, you were so right from the beginning. God, what you let happen was supposed to happen, and that's how it's supposed to be. And every time he has proved to be faithful over and over and over and over and over again. Period. The third observation is that our faith is weak. Our faith is weak. So what do you mean by your faith is weak? See, here's the reality. This is what most of our faith looks like. And we say, God, I trust you. God, I love you. God, I believe in you. I put my faith in you. And we go over and we anchor it to God. And we're anchored in. And we're like, God, I'm anchored in to you. I'm anchored in. And our faith is weak. This is what our faith is. Man, this ain't going to hold you up. You know, you know over and over again, listen, I, I, I love the Gospels. I love Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this is why, because it tells the story of Jesus. It tells the story of Jesus' ministry and his life and his death. It tells the stories of all that kind of stuff. And in my car, I listen to the Gospels on CD over and over and over and over again when I'm in my car. And this is what, man, you hear this phrase come up so, t- so many times as you listen to or read through the Gospels in the Bible. You hear this faith. And Jesus said to them, you of little faith. Jesus rebuked the disciples all the time because the weakness of their faith. He says, you have little faith. And you know how I know that you have little faith? You know how I know that your faith is weak? Because if the disciples who were walking with Jesus, who saw the miracles that he did, who saw him raise Lazarus from the dead, would look at them and say, and, and look at them and say, your faith is weak. How much more? Is ours. It's an interesting passage in Luke 17, 5 through 7. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. And Jesus replied, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Do you hear that? Jesus says, hey, they say, they, the disciples go, hey, Jesus, all right, you keep saying we don't have a lot of faith. You keep saying you have little faith. You keep saying our faith is like this, and this isn't going to hold us up. And you, you keep saying it like, like, okay, Jesus, increase our faith then. And Jesus says, listen, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you can look at that huge mulberry tree over there and say, be uprooted and go into the ocean, and it will obey you. You say, I got big faith, Derek, you do? Okay, when you get home tonight, homework assignment. Go in your backyard or your front yard and start telling trees to go flying into the ocean and come back next week and tell me how many trees went flying in the ocean. He says, you have little faith. 
He says, you have the faith of a mustard. You can tell a tree to get up and go. You can tell a mountain to move, and that mountain will move if you have the faith of a mustard seed. Listen, Jesus never healed anyone, not one person in the entire Bible who did not have faith. It begins with faith. I know, I know that you don't have faith because you don't pray like you have faith. When trials and tribulations come in your life, your world falls apart because you don't, you're not anchored in Him. You're not seeing answer to prayer in your life because you lack faith. You say, man, God doesn't answer my prayers. God doesn't answer my prayers. I mean, let me tell you something. God answers my prayers. Man, I pray for things and it happens. Pastor Kevin Myers, in our staff meetings, he talks about things he's praying for, and I'm just telling you guys, it happens. I've seen unbelievable things happen through prayer. Unexplainable things happen through prayer. Man, if God's not moving in your life, if things aren't happening in your life, if, if you're not, it, listen, it's because this is the faith that you're hanging on to. It's weak. It's weak. And listen, in times when your faith are weak, it's okay to borrow someone else's faith or ask God for more faith. There's a story in the New Testament of a guy who comes to Jesus, and, and Jesus says, man, if you'll just believe. And he says, listen, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Some of you today, maybe you need to say, God, I, I believe, but God, I need help with my unbelief. Man, I'm going through a situation right now. I'm praying through a situation right now. Things are happening in my life right now, and I need help with my unbelief. Like, I, I just need help, God. <clears throat> Conclusion. Faith is the foundation to salvation. Hear me. If you're here tonight, and you've never put your trust and faith in Jesus... I want you to focus in right now because I'm going to ask you to be praying about that and thinking about that over the next moments. It is the foundation of salvation. It is, it is having faith and having it anchored in Christ alone. Some of you in here are going through some difficult situations or maybe you are not seeing God move in your life and you're not getting victory over things in your life and God's not answering your prayers in your life because this is what your faith looks like. It's thin and it's never going to support you. Close with this story. <clears throat> this young boy got caught in a house fire, and the, the house is on fire, and the, the, the whole downstairs of the house is just, you know, billowing with flames and smoke, and He's upstairs and he comes out and he sees the fire. There's no way he can go downstairs and get out of the house because the flames are, are getting bigger and the smoke is getting thicker. And so the only thing that he knows to do is go up to the roof. So he, he climbs out of a window. He gets out on the roof. And this young boy is terrified. He's scared to death. He doesn't know if he's going to live. He doesn't know if he's going to die. And his father, who made it out of the house downstairs, is, is down looking around at the house, trying to figure out how to get to his son. But the flames are, are too thick on the inside of the house for him to get in there. And, and so he's standing down, and, and he looks up on the roof, and he sees his son up on the roof. And he begins to yell out to his, his son, and he says, he says, Son, I'm down here. Jump, and I'll catch you. 
Son, I'm down here jumping. I'll catch you. And the boy can hear his, his dad's voice, but he can't see anything because the smoke is so thick and the darkness of the night and the flames are coming around the edge of the roof. And he's terrified. And, and he just keeps saying, Daddy, I can't see you. Daddy, I can't see you. I can't see you. I mean, I don't know even know where to jump. <clears throat> and he keeps just yelling out to his son, Son, just jump. Just jump. I'll catch you. And the boy just kept pushing back. And his dad knew that that man, listen, this, this, my son, I'm about to watch him die if he doesn't jump off this roof. And he says, son, I know that you can't see me, but I can see you. Let me tell you something. I don't care what your situation is. I don't care what you're dealing with in your life. You may be on the top of a roof somewhere. You may not be able to see in front of you. Things are in dire situations. And God is saying, jump. Put your faith in me. And you're saying, but I can't see you. How can I trust that you're going to catch me? And God is saying, my eyes are fixed on you. And I am pursuing you. And I am chasing you, and I am standing here waiting to catch you if you would just put your faith in me and just jump. I know you can't see over that three-foot wall enclosure. I know you can't see around your problem and your situation. I know you can't see around this particular whatever. But listen, I can see you, and I love you, and I want a relationship with you, and you just need to believe and trust in me. Period. The band's going to come up <coughs> and lead us out tonight. And here's my challenge. My challenge is, is twofold for tonight. Number one, if you're here and you've never understood what it means to put your faith in Jesus, maybe for you, you've believed facts about God. You've been to church your whole life. Man, you could probably quote more Bible verses than I even can even think about or even read. You may even know whole chapters, but listen, you've never put your faith in Jesus. You say, yeah, man, I got faith, and you're holding up this rope, and your faith is firm, man. You look at that, and your faith is firm, but it is anchored in things that are not going to hold you and support you. Maybe you put your faith in your intellect. That's what I did. thought I was too smart for God thought I knew too much. You know what the Bible says? The fool says in his heart, there is no God. And every question that I brought up against God, I was smashed with the truth of the Word of God. I put my faith in my intellect and I said, God, I don't need you. I can do this myself. I'm smart, I'm this, whatever. Man, I don't know what you put your faith in. Maybe you've been putting your faith in things that aren't Jesus. Maybe you need to anchor your life in Him tonight. That's the first part of the challenge. The second part of the challenge is for those of you in here who you would say, I've put my faith in Jesus, but I'll be honest with you. My faith looks like this little rope right here. And I get tossed back and forth by 
the wind and waves and of doubt and all the things of the fear and all the things that are going on in my life. And man, I, I say that I trust God, but if I'm honest, I'm like that professor that when push comes to shove and the pendulum swinging back towards my face, I go diving for the hills. Maybe that's you tonight. Here's the deal. If you're here tonight and you haven't given your life to Jesus, you've never put your faith in him, your faith in him, not believing in facts, but believing in his truth. And tonight you want to give your life to Christ. I want to invite you tonight to pray with me right now. Everybody bow your heads and eyes, close your eyes. I want you to pray this in your heart. And this isn't about the prayer. It's not about the words. It's about your heart surrendering your life to Jesus and saying, God, I put my faith in you. God, I've been trying to anchor my life into so many things that are just unimportant. God, I've been trying to do it on my own. I've been trying to do it my way. I've been trying to fight this sin, this problem, this issue. And God, I can never get victory over. And God, I don't know why. And tonight, when Derek talked about that I just need faith, I need to put my faith in you. God, I know that I can't do this alone. And God, it's risky for me to do this. And I don't know that if I put my belief in you, that I will be able to, you know, just fully, but God, help me with my own belief. If you're here tonight and that's you, I want you to pray, God, I want you to, uh, Jesus, I want you just to come into my heart and my life. I want to put my faith in you. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, that you were buried, that you rose again on the third day, and that you desire a relationship with me. And tonight, I'm going to put my faith in you. I'm going to anchor my life in you. And when fears come, when situations come, when problems come, when things come in my life, I'm going to trust in you forever. Amen. If you're in here tonight and you say, man, my faith has been flimsy and I just need, I just need prayer right now. I've got some situations, some fears, some whatever going on in my life. I want to pray for you. Raise your hand just real quick. Everybody head bowed and eyes closed. Just raise your hand up so I can pray for you. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I just pray for these students that have just raised their hand. God, I pray that you will help them with their faith. Strengthen their faith. God, that they would press into you and that they would feel your presence and experience you. In Jesus' name. As we go in this, this next time of just worshiping God and, and just, just pouring our hearts out to Him and not because we believe facts about Him, though those are important, but that we have faith in Him. Listen, if you're here tonight and you prayed that first prayer and you said, I've never put my faith in Jesus, listen, I, I'm going to challenge you. I want to encourage you as everybody stands up in a minute to sing this song. I want to ask you guys to stand up and just walk out the back door. I want to talk with you. I want to have a conversation with you. If you're here tonight and you've prayed to receive Christ over the last two months, three months, whatever, or you maybe you you did months ago or years ago and you've never been baptized next Thursday night we're going to have a baptism service again in here we already have five or six students that are signed up to be baptized next week if you're here at the last one you know how awesome it is I want to challenge you to be here for that next week if you have friends that don't know Jesus or if you have friends that that you want them just to hear about the I mean what Jesus has done for us listen next week is going to be off the heezy fo sheezy I can't even wait you need to be here bring your friends here for next week it's going to be awesome we're going to have the rock walls here and that kind of stuff in the following week, the after party and all that. 
man, be here. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. So as they, they begin to sing, I listen, the Bible says that if you're, if you're ashamed of me in front of others, then I will be ashamed of you before the Father. You say, I put my faith in Jesus. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm anchored in truth. I don't really care what, if anybody makes fun of me or whatever. Maybe it's your first time tonight. You came with somebody else and it's their first time and you think, man, this is going to be weird if I stand up and walk out because they're going to think I'm weird. Man, who really cares? Your faith in Jesus is the most important. So here in a moment as we begin and they stand up, you're going to walk out the back door. I'm going to come back there. I'm going to talk with you. And when they get finished with the second song, Heather's going to dismiss you guys out to your small groups. And uh, don't forget about the stuff that's coming up. If you're going to Nicaragua, we've got a meeting this Sunday from 3 to 5. Make sure that you're there. And um, I love you guys. Um, And you guys have a good night. Stand with us. Let's worship.